0: HD Smartcast. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production, brought to you by HD Smartcast. Welcome to Season 2 of our podcast, Kicks for Free, in which we discuss all things football. I am Dhiman, and with me is my co-host, Vivek.
1: Message... Brazil are through to the round of 16 after a 1 0 victory over Switzerland on Monday night. It wasn't the most convincing performance, but they got the job done thanks to a sumptuous finish by Casemiro in the 83rd minute. Uh, Demar, we had spoken about Brazil's fortunes and how they don't ride as much on Neymar's availability this time. But they missed him yesterday, didn't they?
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you would miss a player of Neymar's ability if he's not around. And as Chiche told us after the game at the press conference, he said that, you know, he can make magic happen. So, obviously, we'll miss somebody who who can make that happen. He can suddenly dribble and create an opportunity and that leaves you gasping. Wow, how did that happen? Those were... I'm paraphrasing Chiche here. So, uh, they miss Neymar. But the important thing is, like you said at the beginning, they got the job done. So, in two games, they have two clean sheets and they're through to the round of 16. This is possibly the best start uh, to their World Cup campaigns since 2002. So, it's all good. I mean, so far, they could rest a few players in the last game to get ready for the round of 16. Uh, get ready for the knockout. So it's been fairly smooth going actually so far. Although till the 83rd minute, it did not look like that. But even if they hadn't won yesterday, let's assume that, you know, they drew, they'd drawn 0-0 against uh, Switzerland. They would still have been very well placed to make the round of 16. And as uh, Luis Enrique said about his group, you know, I'm I'm happy that after two games, I am leading the group. Brazil would have been happy as well. But then because it is Brazil, and they are expected to win every game, there would have been some pressure. Casemiro's strike sort of ensured that that pressure was not on them going into the final game.
1: Right, right. Niman wanted to ask you about Casemiro. He kind of, in a team that is famed for its attacking prowess, he does the mop-up job and does the dirty work, as it were. Uh, His solidity at the heart of midfield uh, certainly helps the forwards go about their job without having to worry about tracking back all the time. Uh, Could you talk a bit about his value to the team? Oh, incredible. And see, I don't need to talk about him. Cesar Sampaio, who himself
0: has played a fair amount of football and is is one of Chiche's assistants, simply said that he's world class in his position. And then Neymar put out a post on social media uh, which said Casimiro is the world's best midfielder. And then Chiche was asked about this at the press conference. And he said that normally I do not react to comments made by people. But today I'm going to make an exception. And then he said, I agree. So uh, it is not for me to say that. Just the important thing is this. Look at his club career. Now, he spent a lot of time at Real Madrid where he's won everything. He's 30, 31 years old. He comes to Manchester United, takes him a little time to sort of get used to the pace and the place. Uh, and then before the World by the time the World Cup started, he'd already imposed himself at uh, Manchester United. He was influencing games. For the Brazil team, you have a team of artists, but there are people who need to do what Casemiro does. But what Casimiro brings, and uh, where Casimiro, Casimiro brings an additional element to the Brazil team or to his club teams is his ability to move up and score goals. So, in addition to his mop up jobs, which he said yesterday also was his primary uh, responsibility in a team, he can fetch up and score goals. He can score from range and he can score from inside the penalty area. That brings an element to his game that I think helps Brazil tremendously.
1: Right, right. Uh, you also mentioned about the two clean sheets that Brazil have had. Uh, Switzerland didn't really threaten them much, but uh, the combination of Thiago Silva and Marquinhos and Alisson and goal, uh, they look pretty solid, don't they? They did, but
0: uh, you know, this is the point that Murat Yakin made after the game. He said, We lacked courage. And maybe he was right. The Switzerland was so keen on trying to take a point out of the game, keep a clean sheet, and hold Brazil 0 0 that they did not. Take the game to Brazil, and which is always a you know high risk strategy because there's only you are one goal away from losing everything that you worked so hard to do, and that happened in the 83rd minute. For all their efforts, they really have nothing to show for, uh, apart from you know the confidence of being able to hold Brazil for as long as they did going into their final game. But if you're tentative, or in Murat Yakin's words, if you lack courage going into attack, if you are a little timid. This is what always happens. There's always the chance of something like this happening. I mean, only few teams get it right, like Costa Rica did against Japan. They were completely dominated by Japan and then they scored. Now, that is not how football games usually pan out. Football games usually pan out the way it happened against uh, Switzerland yesterday. Uh, you can try and defend. And I remember a quote that, you know, Sukhwinder Singh, the former India coach, JCT coach, used to say, you know, he would say that 90 minutes is too long a time to play for a draw. It's the quote that came to my mind yesterday. So, I think Switzerland, as Murat Yakin said, could have been a little more
1: uh, forthright in expressing themselves going forward. Great. Portugal, meanwhile, are also through to the next stage. After beating Uruguay 2-0, Bruno Fernandez scored in the 54th and 93rd minute of the game. The first goal by Fernandes was intended as a cross for Ronaldo. But uh, Ronaldo didn't make any contact with the ball and it was credited as Fernandez's goal. The second goal was from the penalty spot. Uh, Uruguay will be disappointed with their display. They haven't created much going forward, and the likes of Luis Suarez and Edinson Cavani haven't had much service. Uh, they are older and not as effective as they were in their peak. Perhaps a sign right. that Uruguay need to rebuild. Even Diego Godin and a lot of the players have a lot of experience, but perhaps, uh, perhaps they're a bit too old and yeah, need to have young blood uh, coming in, uh, to be going forward. Yeah. Yeah. For Portugal, demand, uh I know that uh, you probably weren't able to catch the game, but they'll be just happy that they'll be avoiding Brazil in the round of 16 at least. Uh, yeah, I think they'll be topping their group. So, how do you see them shaping up? Well, they've got the job done. In World Cup games, that is the important thing. And they haven't
0: looked too bad. They were slightly lucky, I would say, against Ghana with uh, that drop by the goalkeeper very late in the game. Could have led to an equaliser and could have led to one point instead of three. But yesterday, they were fine. And so, now they have two wins like Brazil. Uh, They don't have clean sheets. They didn't have a clean sheet in the first game. So, they're getting the job done. And the good thing about this Portugal team is that they have such an abundance of attacking talent. I mean, you have Bernardo Silva and uh, Bruno Fernandes uh, playing in midfield. You have Juan Felix on the left. You have Ruben Diaz in defence. You have Cancelo as uh, another defender. So, this is a team that's very strong on attacking talent and defensive solidity. So, If they are less timid, I would say, going into the knockout round, they can really go deep in the competition. I think they can.
1: The first two games yesterday weren't perhaps the biggest games, but uh, there were certainly a lot of talking points and a flurry of goals. The first game between Cameroon and Serbia was a 3-3 draw, while Ghana beat South Korea 3-2. was anything that stood out for you from those games? Was it a case of poor defence from the two teams or like… Well, with Serbia, yes. And and Cameroon's never-say-die attitude. It's
0: not easy to come back in a World Cup game when you're 3-1 down by the 53rd, 54th minute and you're staring at elimination because you've lost the first game as well. Now, for them to sort of stay breathing uh, in the campaign, uh, of course, they need to beat Brazil and stuff. But as of today, they are still alive in the competition. And they are that because... They came back from a 1-3 deficit to uh, equalize. And uh, to the second goal, Vincent Abubakar's goal was uh, with an audacious lob and and a chip, really, which showed the kind of fun that uh, they bring to a game of football. The the kind of, uh, you know, brilliance, really, they bring to a game of football. And he was a substitute. And to have gone into a game with so much riding on them, Andre Onana had been... Removed from the squad. Uh, initial reports had said that he was sent home. But then we spoke to Rigobert Song uh, after the game. And he said that, you know, he, he's still here. But if he, until and unless he follows the rules, he'll not be allowed back into the squad. If he does, we'll take a call. So maybe things will work out okay. To go into a game in such a situation, your goalkeeper is an Inter Milan goalkeeper. And he's just been removed from the squad. And then you're trailing 1-3. And to have come back to force uh, a draw... I think I think there was a lot of uh, it was the attitude uh, of the Cameroonian team that stood out, just as it was you know the lack of uh, management game management of Serbia that stood out too. I mean you don't squander a two goal lead in a World Cup game by losing concentration or by you know by messing up your high line and and letting people get balls behind your defense. It shouldn't happen. It has happened, and I think that. Was uh, It was a very exciting game. It was a very thrilling game and, and the World Cup, like you said, they were not exactly big ticket games but the World Cup has this tendency of throwing up sudden surprises that make you feel happy that you were there at the media tribune watching a game you would have otherwise possibly ticked off and said let me go to a Portugal game or whatever. But it, it ended up being a thrilling 3-3 draw. And similarly with uh, Korea and uh, Ghana, I mean, it's it's sad that the Koreans uh, will possibly not go very far in this tournament. Are they out? Uh, I think they are eliminated, no?
1: No, their last game is against Portugal. If they win and if Uruguay beat Ghana, then it comes down to goal difference between them. So, they are not, they're not yet not out. Not technically but, out. Okay. Yeah, okay, they are okay. not technically out. But their chances are huh. remote, yeah.
0: So, even for South Korea, I mean, there was a 0-2 down and then they scored two goals in the span of, you know, two or three minutes. And they they really took the game to Ghana and two games that produced six and five, I think, 11 goals. Yes. It's exactly the kind of excitement that you want in a football game. I mean, it's it was end-to-end, it was a little bit helter-skelter and, you know, all those things uh, make uh, such World Cup games very exciting
1: to watch. Uh, the one you alluded to, Cameroon goalkeeper Andre Onana being dro- being dropped from the squad. Uh, where do you stand on that? Do you think Onana was out of order for not listening to manager Rickard Song's instructions, or was the decision by Song also a bit too extreme to uh, remove him from the squad altogether? Well, I read reports that
0: uh, he and Song had a falling out at the training ground. Well, Song was very clear about this yesterday. He said uh, the team is above the individual. We couldn't get to speak to Onana because he's not available. But Song, I asked him this, uh, other journalists asked him the same question. And he insisted that the team is above the individual and discipline is paramount. And if you do not buy into the team's idea, there is no point in you being in the squad. In a way, I think he's right. Onana, according to reports, it was said that Onana wanted to play out from the back. That is not something that Song is keen on. And maybe he has a point because you're not a club team. Right. You are a country team which comes together for three or four days before a game. And playing out from the back requires the kind of coordination that is not possible for an international team. You're doing these routines every day at clubs. So maybe maybe Song has a point. And look at what happened when Serbia tried to play a high line. They got caught out twice. So from leading the game 3-1, they ended up getting only one point. So... If Song says that, you know, let's stick to route one kind of football for the international games, maybe he has a point. And most importantly, either you remove the coach or you have full faith in the coach. There is no, there's no halfway house here. And uh, if you are not trusting the manager, then it shows two things. A, the manager is not in control of the situation. And B, you think as a player or the players think that the manager is not good enough. Both of which would be far from ideal in a competition like the World Cup. Uh, Look at what uh, Eric Ten Hag did to Cristiano. The manager has to impose himself or herself on the team. There is no no denying here. There is no room for doubt here as to who's the boss. Mm. It is always the manager. So, I think what Song did in that context, he took a huge risk. He said that. We asked him. He said that, you know, I took a risk, but I'm like a father figure to the players. And I think I take responsibility for what happened. Imagine if Serbia had lost 4 0 or something, and because the new goalkeeper who plays in the Saudi Arabian Pro League got nervous or let the occasion get to him, it could have happened. Hmm. He would have been thramped. Yeah, But he did what he did because he believed that this is the way it should be. And when, till such time as he is the manager, you have to accept that. You can do a post-mortem, you can sack him, whatever. But till such time, he is the manager. It has to be his way of doing things. There cannot be any negotiation on that. Right,
1: right. Moving on to today's games. Uh, we'll know which teams advance to the knockout stage from Group A and Group B. Uh, Netherlands face Qatar while Liquido take on Senegal in a very important game. Netherlands should be able to go through, given that they are playing Qatar, who have uh, looked the weakest out of the lot. So, for the second uh, team from Group A, it seems like it will come down to Ecuador versus Senegal. Senegal are African champions, but Ecuador have seemed very impressive. Uh, What have you made of Ecuador, Timan? Impressive is the right word.
0: I think, uh, you know, they got off to the best possible start. An early penalty to start your campaign. But we've also seen that early penalties can be intimidating as Alfonso Davies uh, showed us. But uh, Ener Valencia, um, you know, with with almost uh, zen-like calm gave Ecuador the best possible start they could have hoped for. So that helped Ecuador get its campaign kick into gear, sort of. And uh, I think they are slightly better placed ahead of Senegal to make the round of 16, which would be great news for them. Because Senegal, obviously, you go into the tournament uh, and early into the tournament, you realize that Sadio Mane, who's your talisman, who's your captain, he is not available. Uh, That is a psychological blow that you have to deal with. So I would say Ecuador advantage. Uh, But also I would say that, you know, Senegal are more used to playing these games. They are, like you said, the African champions. Uh, They have players who play in uh, top leagues and are used to these kind of pressure games. So maybe that could also negate some of Ecuador's advantage. But net-net, it should be a good game. It should be a good game where, you know, the teams would be a little cagey, I'm guessing, because nobody wants to lose this. But if there is a goal... Then the game would open up in, in a manner that could lead to an exciting finish.
1: In Group B, England are pretty much through ahead of their match against Wales. I think they need to lose by six goals or something for them to be for them to be out. Which uh, yeah, I I don't think anyone can see happening. Uh, while USA take on Iran in a match rife with political overtones. There has been uh, controversy recently as well with the U.S. Soccer Federation on social media scrub- scrubbing the emblem of the Islamic Republic from right. Iran's right. national flag. Uh, as I mentioned, it's already a match that's always rife with political overtones, but uh, it all sets up for a very exciting game, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And you know, yesterday's press
0: conference involving the U.S. coach and captain was uh, was a press conference where football almost incidental. You know, there were questions on American warships in the Persian Gulf. There were questions about America's historic discrimination of blacks. It, it almost seemed that, you know, you were at a, a model United Nations setting rather than a, a setting for a, for a football match. And, and the answers, uh, Tyler Adams uh, started by mispronouncing Iran. And he was immediately corrected by an Iran journalist saying, this is how you pronounce the name of the country. He had to immediately apologize. And then he was asked about the USA is talking about discrimination in Iran. Let's talk a little bit about discrimination of people of color in the USA for uh, centuries. It is always a game that is rife with tension for reasons beyond the pitch. And tonight it's going to be no different. It's going to be no different at all. I just, uh, you know, hope that the players don't let the occasion get to them and we We do get to see a good game of football because uh, Iran has come back with uh, two late goals against Wales. It takes a lot to come back from a game. After taking six goals in your first game, they have come back to win. Um, The USA have a young team which is promised a lot. They have a lot of attacking fees. You could say that they were... uh, Slightly, slightly unlucky against uh, Wales for Bale to have got a penalty. It uh, Walker Zimmerman's uh, late challenge uh, created a situation where Wales had done pretty much nothing. And Bale had done pretty much nothing through the game. Uh, so, it should be a good game given the potential of the teams. But it is also a game where the occasion could get better of uh, the teams. And uh, that would be kind of sad. Uh, the occasion has not been helped by Klinsmann's... Uh, Poor choice of words, I I would say, because, uh, you know, there have been comments about English not being Klinsman's first language. While that is true, he's lived in the United States for 20, 25 years. And so he cannot really seek refuge uh, in the fact that he does not know the language. To be fair, he's not done that. Uh, So Klinsman's comments about dark arts, Iran's dark arts being part of the culture, his repeated reference to the culture, leading to Carlos Quiroz saying uh, what he did, you know, please come to our country and understand our culture. And I, you know, such such incredible words, understand our culture, poetry, the algebra is yeah. what Kiro says. So, that has all kind of been put in the mixer, creating a situation where, where this game would be very keenly watched. It always is. But this has been a World Cup where, you know, these things have all come together. And I just hope that, you know, the players can put all that behind them when they step into the pitch and give us a good game of football. Because both these teams have the ability to do that.
1: Right, right. Uh, Diman, I wanted to talk a bit on England as well. Uh, they were quite cagey in their goalless draw against US. Uh, there has been a lot of clamour for Phil Forden to start. Do you see Gareth Southgate relenting to that pressure and playing Forden?
0: Maybe today because, like you said, you know, England are almost through. And those six goals have, uh, yeah. you know, pretty much done the business for them in one game. So, I am not sure what... England set out to do against the USA because was it just uh, playing for a draw was it just uh, because uh, he set out the same team now you don't set out the same team if you if you want to play out a draw you would give the bench a chance or whatever but he set out the same team so i don't know maybe was he trying to continue the momentum of the first game but it was their inability to force the issue is something that should be worrying Southgate and the rest of England uh, because you it showed that you are not a team who is very consistent and it also showed that maybe Iran had let the occasion get the better of them Uh, you know they are not singing the national anthem in such high stakes games these are little things that can take focus away because Iran showed in the next game that they are capable of better stuff so I am not sure what uh, Southgate set out to do against uh, USA and There has been a lot of clamour. Southgate is a coach who prefers defensive first tactics. Foden did come on against Iran in the uh, first game. So, given that they're almost there, why not give Foden a chance? Because there's been a lot of talk about it. We'll also have to see whether it means that Southgate deviates from the tried and tested. Uh, And because in a competition like the World Cup where games come quickly, you don't want to do that. As the Americanism is, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, well, it hasn't. It isn't broke. So he's he's already through to the round of 16, barring calamity. So why not continue what he's doing, and you know keep it that way. Uh, keep everybody expecting to know what their roles are and not change too many things. I mean, you bring Foden on suddenly now, and then there's confusion. Uh, what do you do in the next game? Do you play him? Do you not start him? Instead, why not go with the tried and tested? Because uh, it has worked so far for them.
1: So, it'll be interesting to see which option Southgate takes, really. That was it for this episode. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on our Twitter handles... at vivek9301 and at HT. If you're a true football fan, you cannot not subscribe to Kick Off, our weekly newsletter on the world game, which hits inboxes every Friday. For more updates on this podcast... Follow HT Smartcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And to listen to more such podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com.
0: This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.